All right, welcome to episode two of the Product Pain Points podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And today we're going to talk about the difference between the extended aisle and the endless aisle. Yeah, and this is a fun subject. Obviously, F13 Works and Product Pro really focus on extending the aisle of a store by offering more products, more variations, uh, getting you into other categories or reinforcing the product categories that you already have. There is a worry, though, the endless aisle, and I think there's there's a danger there. So we'll explore kind of both sides of that. Uh, so the whole extended aisle or endless aisle comes from the idea of brick-and-mortar retail, where you literally have products in aisles. You determine how many things you can put in a store by the space available in each of those aisles. Well, online space blows that idea up. It's digital. There's really no cost of additional products on a website. So you can very much extend your aisle at minimum cost, in theory. Uh, the endless aisle is really something like an Amazon. Amazon wants to be the endless aisle. They want to be the everything store where you can go there and buy anything you could ever think of. I think the way to beat Amazon and the way to be a smart brand is to extend your aisle, but don't be endless. So an example is... You know, I worked with a company that had a lot of success around the last election. They focused on Bernie Sanders products, <laughs> right? And these guys had a bunch of shirts and products, and they, they were a spinoff of a successful Twitter account. These were real social media savvy folks. And they started extending their aisle and having a lot of success. They had said, we have a couple t-shirts with these Bernie Sanders things on them. And they extended into leggings, which was a natural fit. Mm -hmm. And then some other lifestyle products around that category. Uh, that works very well and can be a very popular approach. Right. Um, and they, they had a lot of success. You know, it, only so many people want to buy T-shirts, but when you start adding leggings and different other fun products, not only did you have a broader audience who wants to buy more than just T-shirts, you can do more for each of your customers' lifetime values, right? So I can extend your purchases past a T-shirt into leggings or, right. you know, whatever else it is. Now, an interesting one here in town that, that I've been jamming on with, with people for a while is, is Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Right? So they, you know, in the last few years got rid of swimsuits. And there's a lot of reasons they got rid of them. Uh, but there's a huge demand. And I bet, I, I'm willing to bet a lot of money on this. If you go to their site, analytics, people are still searching for bathing suits uh, <laughs> and swimwear on their website. I bet they have a decent amount of search volume. I bet they could make millions of dollars a year which to them might be nothing it's a billion dollar company mm -hmm. but still to leave that on the table if they could extend their aisle to the point where they didn't have to actually uh, inventory or deal with the logistics of those bathing suits and i've been on other programs and talked about this <laughs> uh, they could just make straight cash on that yeah it's a big opportunity so what's your theory on why you think they don't actually you know bring back this one way for such a popular demand well, I think they got rid of it. Uh, sizing is an issue, so I think returns are really high, yeah. which they could get rid. They they could deal with that. You know, Amazon set the standard where you can buy from Amazon and have a different return policy for each product you buy. Mm -hmm. it, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. If you eliminate in-store returns, you knock out that whole thing. And honestly, margins in the space are pretty low. Uh, but with the right partner, they could just make profit on each bathing suit sold so they wouldn't have to worry about making 60 70 plus percent margins they could say hey we're making you know seven to, to fifteen dollars every time we sell swimwear and it doesn't cost us anything to sell it so it's just icing on the cake right 
I mean, it's a interesting idea. We'll see if they um, listen in and decide to change their mind on having Swimmer in the collection. But I think that's a good transition over to the idea of the endless aisle. And you talk about Amazon and you know, kind of being almost a endless option of products within your store. And you know, I'll share a little horror story myself on trying to be the endless aisle. And you know, on the small retail side, as a small e-commerce store, first Black Friday, you know, you hear all the stories about doubling and tripling your normal sales. So my first thought is, well, why don't I just put up as many products as possible, as many variants as possible, and see what happens. So yeah. <laughs> let's say the week leading up to Black Friday, after about you know a couple hours of creating products and putting it on the store, I had about eight pages of products on my uh, Black Friday sale. Hundreds of different products, you know, probably in the thousands with the amount of variants. And I mean, the sales sucked. Like this yeah, yeah. Black Friday was a complete bust for me. And <laughs> looking back on it, it's like, oh. you know, I just, I really added another pain point into, you know, no pun intended, but I added another pain point into the customer journey by having such a huge product selection where it became difficult to even try to manage how you display these products to customers. Yeah. Yeah. Curation's key. Being on brand is key and having a reason for each of those products. You know, in town, uh, merchandisers or buyers, depending on which company you're working for, are, are very key to these big brands, right? So if I want to get my product into a big box store, I have to go through these merchandisers or these buyers. And that's, that's a classic retail model. As a small store owner, you are your merchandiser and buyer. Right. So you need to curate products. And it's a real, it's really easy to see stores that aren't doing well when they have a thousand products, everything from electronics to soap and all this. Yeah. And, and you can have a bunch of categories. You can have all kinds of variety, but they have to fit into your core brand story. Right. So if you can't do that, if, if I'm selling a political t-shirt next to a pair of random sunglasses next to a speaker and an yeah. iPhone case, and there's no story to all that stuff, Nobody wants to buy it. It's, it's like looking through a random catalog and just saying, yeah, it makes it feel junky as a site. Yeah. Um, and, and you want to take out pain for your customer. Mm -hmm. You know, curate. Show them it's good. You can have all the stuff in the world. You want to have Chris's favorite products, and I have all these great things. Then I should write an amazing product description for each one, so there's a reason for those weird things to be next to each other. But most of the time, products are the leader. So get similar products, sell them in one shop, and ask yourself before you add products, does this fit the story and the brand? Yeah, definitely. And when I'm in the Facebook groups, Reddit groups of uh, e-commerce stores and you see people asking for store reviews, normally the first thing I see is a lot of general products, but no story and no sign that they have any kind of connection with their customers. So, you know, Amazon is really good at being the endless aisle, but they still are able to position products based on popularity, based on, you know, previous purchase history. So it's not just you know, a big blob thrown onto a web page. So definitely take time to invest in that customer data, know your brand, stick to your brand, and that'll make, you know, start out as the extended aisle and then move on to the endless aisle. And that just puts purpose behind all the products you're adding. Absolutely. I think that's well said. Definitely. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in and catch us next week on the Product Pain Points Podcast. Cheers.